You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Paul Thompson back here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. And today, let's go ahead and break down the news coming out of College Station, Anaya Smith returning for his senior season. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube.com, and of course, the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, my name is Cole Thompson. I'm the host of the show, and I love public feedback. So anything you can do to make this a more quality-sounding podcast, Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked On Aggies. Locked On Aggies is your number one sport source for all things 12th Man-related content found here on LLP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So Anaya Smith, he is back in action for Texas A&M. This is monumental news. This is absolutely one of the best things that can happen. Because of this is the start of where I think you get, kind of get to figure out which players that maybe are a little bit higher round picks are actually going to come back. I reached out to a scout not too long ago. I asked what was about the value of Anaya Smith. They said somewhere around the third to fifth round. And, and at that point, when you're under the top 100 players, it basically is a crapshoot. Like, you could go as high as probably 101. You can go as low as 203. Like, you, like once you're out of there, it's really based off scheme fit. It's really based off what teams are looking for. So to add in a guy such as Anaya Smith to your locker room is probably one where you think of him as a depth piece, probably no more than just a third down option. Maybe you think of him as a um, more versatile player. That's it. So I think Anaya Smith saw that and he said to himself, you know what? I have the opportunity to come back and do something very special next year with Texas A&M. I can be the leader of this new wide receiver core, and I can go ahead and boost my numbers. I can probably get into that first-round conversation with a really strong season. So let's go ahead and do that instead. That's probably my better course of action. Why is this important for Texas A&M? Well, I kind of talked about it on the other show, and people kind of gave me slack saying, oh, it's the quarterback's fault. Yeah, you know, I'll give you credit. Having Zach Calzada as your quarterback is definitely not something that you really want to discuss. But at the same time, the wide receiver play has been very inconsistent for the last three years under Texas A&M. And they need the number one guy. Anaya Smith is absolutely the number one guy, in my personal opinion. Because if he's a slot target, which to me, if you ever heard me talk about this before, young quarterbacks, and and Haynes King is still going to be a young quarterback. Connor Wingman, if he wants to come in, is going to be a young quarterback. Max Johnson, if he wins the starting job, great. That's awesome. But he is the only veteran or or at least kind of capable starting quarterback as of this time. So I look at that and I say to myself, you know what? It's okay. It's, you know, the slot position is going to be that safety net. It's going to be that security blanket. And so is the tight end slot. The problem is that the tight end position is going through a rebuild with Jalen Widemeyer. Widemeyer is leaving the program, so with him gone, that now leaves a hole. The slot position now becomes a go-to weapon, especially when it comes to third down. So I look right now at Texas A&M, I look at where they are, and I look at what they're he- where they're headed, and I say to myself, you know what? You have a good slot option. You have a guy that's going to be your consistency guy right across the middle of the field. He's going to win on third down. He's going to be the guy that keeps the drive alive. You can do a lot with that. 
and you can really start one of these guys, any one of these guys, I think that you'll be pretty secure because you have a veteran in there. And then when it goes to the outside, you can see if Moose can play on the outside as your Z receiver. Maybe you play Demon as your X this year. You go ahead and get some reps in with Chase Lang. You see what Caleb Chapman can do. You see what Jalen Preston can do. Evan Stewart can do. Chris Marshall can do. There's a lot of talent at the wide receiver position going into this year. But the kicker, the real big kicker here is that you have your stable option number one. So your first option, and when a quarterback does his reads, he goes one, two, three, one, first read, second read, third read, going through his progression. Your first read is going to be Anaya Smith. Agent zero across the middle is going to be monumental, and it's going to be huge. Afterwards, it's going to be even bigger that you have a stable option at a prime position. And then number three, this is going to be good for him, because if you think about this for a quick second, Having a player of Anaya Smith's capabilities could absolutely get him into the first round conversation or second round conversation in a year with a breakout season. Get better quarterback play, get better consistency, better numbers, better results, better combine stats, better overall draft production. I believe that Demonia Smith probably was going to be about a day three pick and maybe he could have been in the next Jamon Osbin who thinks that he's ready to go pro absolutely can't get any draft capital and then is kind of doing nothing right now doesn't doesn't you know I have no idea where he's going to be I would not be shocked to see him go to the USFL or the XFL in 2023 but that's kind of the end of the conversation right there so right now you got to go ahead and talk about what could happen to Anaya Smith he comes back for another year instead of risking the fact of potentially losing out on millions of dollars and also not playing football for a year he comes back and he absolutely gets to have an opportunity to crush it. I love this move for Texas A&M, but I really love this move for Anaya Smith more. For all my brand, list, brand new listeners out there, I want you to go ahead and do me a favor. Go download the incredible app, Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app at the Apple Store or Google Play and use the promo code SCORE for college and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon with your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the gas anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Use the promo code SCORE to get 50 cents off per gallon. That promo code is SCORE for 50 cents off per gallon. Some people who drive a lot, lot need to save some money. And with gas key prices getting up, use the promo score promo code SCORE at GetUpside. GetUpside app. The national championship is arriving on Monday, Alabama versus Georgia, and the NFL playoffs are right around the corner. So make sure when you go and make the bets, the one place we love and the one place we trust, that's betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag gives you the best buyouts, the best bets, and the best wagers every single time you use their award-winning app. Just go ahead and download it off of your store or go use it on the desktop. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. From NFL to MLB to NBA to college football, college basketball, golf, UFC, and much, much more, stop sitting on the sidelines and get to the action with BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Thanks so much for making it your first listen every single day. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube.com, and of course, the Locked on Podcast Network. So other news that has come out, War Damn Eagle is winning a quarterback contusion. I don't know what to really say with that. Uh, Zach Calzada is going to Auburn. So we just saw a quarterback from a Tiger Bay school beat A&M, and then their quarterback comes to A&M. Only for the quarterback to lose to the Tiger Bay school, go to the Tiger Bay school that he beat with the likes of Auburn with the 23 win. Do I like the fit? Um, 
I don't really know what to make of it, to be completely honest. When you look at what Bo Nix does and you look at what Zach Calzada does, it's a completely different quarterback. I mean, it's absolutely completely different. There's not a similar correlation whatsoever. I look at a guy like Calzada, big arm, big ability to, to, to throw it downfield. And people are saying, oh, he's not a stick. He's not a stone mountain. He's not a runner. He's not. He's, a, he's more athletic than I give him credit for. He was a lot more athletic than I think a lot of people give him credit for. But this whole notion of, oh, the guy is a runner. The guy can utilize his legs. Guy almost, guy popped his shoulder out of place by delivering a blow against, uh, I think it was Jacoby McClain, if I'm not mistaken. I think Jacoby McClain was the linebacker he drilled. And he had to come back in and finish the game. Nobody's going to deny that Zach Calzada is one tough SOB. I'll be the first to admit it. Zach Calzada is one of the toughest SOBs I've ever seen. But I'm also not going to sit here and say, oh, well, the guy is perfectly fit for what Auburn's trying to run. I have no idea what Brian Harson is trying to run. And I have no idea what the new offensive coordinator who's going to replace Mike Bobo is going to do. They could go in a completely different option. They can go in a completely new direction. And that maybe is the better fit for them. Or they could stick with what they know. They can do with what they think is probably best and just kind of run the same thing next year. And then I honestly think Calzada will lose the starting job to TJ Finley ultimately leading to Brian Harson, um, probably getting fired, and then you probably see him transfer again. Do I like the fit? I don't know what to make of it, to be completely honest. Now, where did I think that Zach Calzada was going to go? I thought for sure he was going to Georgia Southern. I did. I thought if you go to a smaller school where you are the top dog and you play in a Clay Houghton offense who has worked with a guy kind of similar to you, Sam Darnold, I think that would have been an immediate fit. I honestly thought that was going to be the go-to. I thought for sure you were going to see the likes of Zach Calzada pair up with Clay Helton and the Golden Eagles were going to flourish right away. George Southern, and you know, he's a Georgia kid. I th- he's uh, he's a native of Buford, but I think that he actually uh, lives in Sugar Hills, if I'm not mistaken. So Auburn's close. I think it's like only a two-hour drive or something like that. Georgia Southern, I think it was like a 90-minute drive, if that. So he was close to home, and that was kind of the thing that he wanted to do is he wanted to stay a little bit closer towards his home and so his family could come see him more often, and then we have to get on a plane or drive, I think it's now 15 or 16 hours from Auburn to College Station. I've done the drive before. It's a lot. Like, it, it's a hike. It is a mother effing hike. I'm not even going to try and deny that. But I look right now at Texas A&M, and I look at where they kind of sit, and I think that, you know, it was right for him to leave, but I thought for sure he was going to Georgia Southern. I thought that would have been a really good fit for him. Auburn... I think that he'll win the starting job. I have no doubt about that. I think that he'll be the number one quarterback when it comes down to it. I think that he will be the, the top guy. But I'm not sold that he is going to be that much of a difference maker or if he's going to make that much of a difference for Auburn. That's kind of the reality of it. Do I like the fit? Who's to say? Honestly, it's a brand new offense. So when it becomes a brand new offense, that kind of is the biggest deal is that you know you have no idea what to expect. But if we're going off of what we saw last year, it wouldn't be a good fit. But congratulations to him. I mean, he did a lot for Texas A&M. He made Texas A&M what it was this year. And he stepped in in a really big role during his 10 starts, filling in for Haynes King. That's a really, really big thing to do. So I give him credit, and I wish him nothing but the best, except for when A&M plays Auburn. Uh, sometime in October, I believe it is, next year. It's a new year. It's a new you, which means you're about ready to get fit or try to stay healthier. And if you are trying to do that, make sure you go to the one place we love, the one place that we trust. 
go get a Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Built Bar is more of a candy bar than it is a protein bar because it tastes better than most candy bars. It's easier to stick on your resolution because it tastes so good, you're going to want to eat it. And unlike those other protein bars that have that kind of milky, waxy, chocolatey flavor, this is covered in 100% real chocolate and is soft and easy to chew. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of net sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and about 17 grams of protein. There's zero protein in the likes of a candy bar, about 240 calories in a candy bar, 30 grams of sugar, and over a dozen net carbs. Is that really what you want? Here's an idea for the new year. Just stick it in your home, your pantry, your car, the office, wherever. Throw it in there, and just whenever you're in the mood to get a hankering for an urge, go get yourself a Built Bar. Built Bar is offering a brand new deal at BuiltBar.com. With you use the promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your next purchase. LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. New year, new you. Start the year off right without the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks so much for making us your first listen every single day. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube.com, and the Locked On Podcast Network. And make sure your second listen is Locked On Bets, with your boy Q, and his captain expert, Lee Daily picks, odds, wagers, and much, much more. We visit the Locked On Bets podcast, presented by betonline.ag. So we got to make this quick. I am unfortunately leaving town in about uh, 15 minutes, so I'm not going to be able to have a very long conversation on this, but I want to give you a heads up on what I've been told by people about the main four names when it comes to the NFL draft. So let's start off with DeMarvin Leal. What's his ceiling? Uh, He's a bona fide first round pick. I talked to four different scouts. They said absolutely a bona fide first round pick. The question is, where is that pick? It's really going to come down to his combine. If he runs really well, if he has good numbers on the bench, if he has a good vertical... They say that he can go as high as top 10. The New York Jets, they think it would be a really nice fit for him because they run a 4-3 defense that allows him to also play a 5 technique at times. They would be projecting to be the number 8 pick in that selection or wherever Seattle gets the pick. So 8 through like 11 would be like the range for Seattle, which would be the pick that they would use on him. I say his floor is about number 20. They don't see him falling outside the top 20. I've heard from multiple people the Minnesota Vikings would be a nice fit as a younger, faster version, as an upgrade of Sheldon Richardson. I've heard the uh, Las Vegas Raiders would be a decent fit because they're trying to build a good defense along with Max Crosby. Getting a good bull rushing pass rusher as a defensive tackle would be the big move. Uh, I've heard from multiple people that potentially the Cleveland Browns might be interested. So there's a lot of different pathways and avenues that they could go. I think that's probably about his range too. Some we're outside the top 10. Maybe at most, I would say number nine or number 10. I think Atlanta would love to have him. I think Atlanta would probably flourish with having him, but I don't know for sure if that would be exactly where he lands. But again, that's just me personally. I I think that Atlanta would be my personal choice or Minnesota, but somewhere in that range. Number two, Kenyon Green, a little bit lower. About top 15, I've heard top 15 to about top 25. They mostly are saying right now he's a guard. Like, as much as people want to say, oh, he's, you know, he's played tackles. He's played tackle before. He's done all these um, these other little things. So, you know, when you when you talk about that, um, he's done a decent job. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to deny that. But they're saying that right now he's going to be a guard. And with guards, it's going to be more so of a later round I mean later in the draft you gotta go get your tackles out of the way so Charles Cross uh Akeem Aquina from NC State Evan Neal uh those are gonna be the guys that I think go really early and then Tyler Lindenbaum from Iowa is graded out as the highest center by most people that I've ever spoken to so when you're that high of a center pick 
yeah, that's going to be probably the difference maker for you. So a team that I think that would really like him would be the Los Angeles Chargers. I think that would be a really good fit for him. They're trying to build the offensive line. And I think that because of Joe Lombardi and his success with guys like Andrus Pete and um, Cesar Ruiz, who also played center when he was at um, Michigan, and then they transformed him over to guard, he's actually been a pretty decent pickup. I think that would be a really nice fit for him. That would be my ideal selection. I think that the potentially Philadelphia Eagles would be a nice fit. I think the Miami Dolphins would be a good fit. But he's probably going to go somewhere in that 15 to 25 range. Now, Jalen Weidemeyer, this is the kicker. A lot of people say that he's going to be the early pick pick at tight end. He is the most confusing. I have heard as high as pick number 34, 35, a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars, a team uh, like the Denver Broncos maybe would be interested, a team, team like maybe the Minnesota Vikings would be interested. I've also heard that he's probably going to be, he could be a third round pick because the tight end class is not really loaded at the top and the talent level between second and third round is not by much. I've heard from multiple people, he's the number one tight end on our board. I've also heard he's the number three tight end by people with Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina being the number two and with Trey McBride from Colorado State being the number three. So this is going to be a weird one. I think he's going to benefit the most from the combine. If he runs, you know, 4-5, 4-6, if he shows off his blocking skills, if he shows why he can run the gauntlet without question as a straight line runner, that's going to be a major upgrade for him. I personally think that he goes somewhere in round two. I would love to see him with the Tennessee Titans. I think that'd be an awesome fit for him. Um, and I can't wait to see what he does. I really can't. But I have no idea where he's going to go. This is the weird one. And then Isaiah Spiller. Spiller, from what I've been told, is the number two or three running back on most big boards. It comes down to uh, Brees Hall, him, and Kenneth Walker. Uh, most of the, the most consensus that I've heard is Kenneth Walker is the number uh, number one, and then Brees Hall, because of his physicality, is the number two, and the hybrid style of running of Isaiah Spiller is number three. I will be very shocked if the Miami Dolphins do not take him. If he is available where Miami's picking in the second round, that is where he that's where he needs to go. 100%. Uh, another team that I think would be very interested in him would be the New England Patriots. And let me explain. They're going to lose Damian Harris potentially this offseason. They're going to cut James White. They're going to lose a couple of other runners. And this is a run-based offense. You know, I love Mac Jones. You know, I, I understand that most people out there probably say, I hate Mac Jones. I love Mac Jones, but he is a very limited quarterback. I don't think anybody's going to deny that. He is winning and having immense success with New England this year because of good offensive line play and great rushing attack. He doesn't have to really do much. They're going to want to address that need right away. And this is kind of a perfect fit, in my opinion. Like, going to a Bill Belichickian offense is exactly what I think Isaiah Spiller needs. Uh, other teams I think that he'd be really fun with, if you pair him along with Alvin Kamara in New Orleans, I think that'd be a really cool one-two combination. Versatile versus physical. I think the Houston Texans should be very interested in him. They need to upgrade at the running back position. I feel like that uh, the Arizona Cardinals, if they lose both James Conner and Chase Edmonds, would be very interested in him. There's just really no telling, but I do believe that he is for sure a complete second round pick. Like straight up, he will go in the second round. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. On tomorrow's show, I will be back. Oh, wait, no, I won't. I'll be on back on Monday. So I'll just catch you on Monday, everyone. Have a good weekend. See you soon. Remember, hear him, y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.